A shuffling noise drew his attention to the sixty or so demons behind him who were fidgeting, scratching, and curiously searching the nooks and crannies deeper in the building. Their silhouettes blended with the growing shadows. Quiet, he whispered. His demons resituated and grew still. William looked out the windows at two shirtless men, marked in bloody handprints, talking loudly and slapping one another on the back as they strutted down the street. In a boisterous voice, more suited for a tavern full of drunks than a ruined city teeming with dangerous demons, one of them told the other, Our God has led us to another day of victory. I bathe in their blood, said the shorter of the two. You could paint yourself in it and never be strong, the loud one laughed. Maybe not, but I'll be immortal. William glanced behind him. His demons swayed and hissed. They wanted to feed, but he couldn't let them. Not now. Wait, he whispered. It's not safe. The demons watched him with hungry eyes, but they obeyed. It had been days since he'd last seen Melora Ivory and the strange, twisted man named Jingo. Since then, William's demons had become his family. They slept closely at night to keep one another warm in the winter chill. They hunted together and shared what they killed. None starved among his demon band. They didn't burn one another on the pyre. They didn't murder their kind. None was inferior to the others because of a silly made-up title. William was above the rest only because they looked to him for answers and decisions. They understood that he was smart enough to provide for them, even though he was just a boy. To the degree that their simple minds understood the concept, they respected him. That was something he'd have never found in Brighton, even if he somehow avoided the pyre. The thought of Brighton brought with it the smells of blazing wood and burned flesh, making him want to spit. William no longer wanted anything to do with Brighton, and he wanted nothing to do with its people. The demons were his brothers. Together with his demon band, William had been tracking the strange army for days, following their hardened boot tracks in the mud, skirting around dead human bodies and the carcasses of his new kind. This strange new army out of Brighton was bent on slaughter. They seemed to fight with no discipline but zealous rage, and they rode their crazed frenzy to victory in every skirmish. They were something to fear. He needed to find out more about them. He watched the men wander down the road. They were heading toward the enormous dome-shaped building that he remembered seeing when he'd first reached the ancient city. It was about eighty yards away, diagonal from William, set back from the other buildings on the opposite side of the road, and separated by a large, overgrown field. The last of the sun's light glanced off the rusted steel girders that curved over the top. Sloped pieces of concrete rose around the building's edges, holding rows of concrete and metal that might have once seated spectators. William had never seen a building as large or as wide, either in Brighton or here. Even in disrepair, the building was remarkable. He recalled Bray's words. The ancients used it to play games. The wardens call it the ancient circle. Remembering that discussion, 
led William to think about Bray. He hadn't seen Bray since the warden had killed his mother. William's anger still seethed when he thought of Ella's lifeless, bleeding body. The memories tormented him almost every night when he was scraping away piles of rubble, trying to clear a place to sleep. During those times, he staved off tears, hating himself for his human frailties. But days of wandering the ancient city had given him time to think. Bray had saved William and Ella. He'd protected them when the people of Brighton surely would have killed them. He'd taught William to track, and he'd helped them find Melora. He'd battled off the soldiers. Why had Bray killed Ella? William hoped to figure it out in time.